Accumulation Country. It's that time of the week again. My name is Phil, or Coin Icarus on Twitter, and this is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. We are in season three, and this is episode 29. I hope everybody's having a great week. I've got a really cool episode lined up with fellow Bitcoiner and fellow plebe, Nabismo Prime. So Nabismo is uh, putting together a really good kind of pre-coiner, no-coiner website called getcoined.io with a bunch of really helpful resources. So I obviously suggest that people check it out. Um, But besides that, you know, we go into the rabbit hole story and we discuss, you know, various aspects of, you know, Bitcoin and, uh, you know, the philosophy of money and, you know, all the all the really fun stuff that uh, (laughs) that has been captivating us So anyways, before we get into that, though, um, we are going to talk about dollar cost averaging and Swan Bitcoin. For anybody who is interested in dollar cost averaging and who wants to be purchasing Bitcoin but doesn't want to be spending their time constantly watching the charts and listening to traders that they really have no idea whether these people are credible or not, and you kind of just want to put this in kind of in a passive sleep mode where you're simply just accumulating and hodling, being able to transfer that Bitcoin out to your own private address. So if you're interested in doing that, and that falls in in your wheelhouse, then you are looking for Swan Bitcoin. With Swan Bitcoin, the three main takeaways are we can do automatic withdrawal from a bank account, automatic purchases of BTC, you can time them based on your, uh, when you receive your check, you know, you can do it, uh, you know, let's say once, um, you can do it once a month. Um, or you can do it per pay period as well. Um, there's lots of options for you to be able to customize how you purchase. And you could automatically withdraw to your uh, your chosen address. So if you're interested in a Bitcoin-only platform um, that is doing the, uh, the great work of helping onboard people, then you definitely want to check out Swan Bitcoin. I'm going to have the, uh, the link to their website in the show notes. And now, here is my discussion with Nabismo Prime. I have a fellow Bitcoiner and a person who's become a pretty good friend of mine in the uh, the Bitcoin space joining joining me today. And we are going to talk about um, his website, getcoined.io. And we're also going to discuss his rabbit hole story. I am talking about Nabismo Prime. Nabismo, thank you very much for joining me on my podcast, man. Long Thanks overdue. Thanks for having me, Coin Icarus. Yeah, no, I'm excited okay. to be on here. been listening for about um, probably over a year now. I think yeah about that or maybe about a year but um yeah no good stuff i'm excited to be on here very cool very cool so look you know i mean uh, since you've listened you know exactly how this uh, how this goes i always want to know you know about the thinker behind the thought and uh you know what what got you into bitcoin and why are we here now that is a great question um <laughs> i kind of laugh at how i ended up where i am today um I first heard about Bitcoin in probably 2010, 2011, and I'd be a lot better off right now had I um, gotten into it back then, but it just wasn't my time yet. Um, I was somehow came across Bitcoin mining as a um, kind of like passive stream of revenue, but I had no idea what I was doing and no real money to invest. So I just kind of put it on the back burner um, for a number of years because I didn't really understand truly what Bitcoin was. Um, It didn't really catch my attention again until the 2017 bull run. 
And that's when I got my first taste of Bitcoin. I was, um, I was a Coinbaser um, right from my phone. I think I bought my first Bitcoin with uh, Coinbase paying some ridiculous fee. Um, and I just had to have it right then. Um, and I didn't really know what I was buying. I didn't know what I was getting into. I, um, you know, my background isn't in finance or now it's in technology, but it wasn't at the time. Um, I was managing restaurants and I was just looking for a way to make some extra money. Um, I knew letting money sit in a bank account was probably the worst thing I could do to invest. So I was lured in by all the massive gains everyone was making on Coinbase and Bitcoin was my first buy, but then I eventually um, was lured in by the shitcoin sirens and got wrecked accordingly. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and just, you know, putting some money in just every coin they had offering pretty much because they were just all doing ridiculous uh, pumps at the time. And I knew some people making a lot of money off of these coins that they didn't really understand either. So I figured, why not me? Um, but after getting wrecked in shit coins a bit, I started to focus on Bitcoin a little bit more. I think I originally started kind of on um, Reddit is where I started uh, getting interested in Bitcoin most. And I was following a lot of subreddits uh, about different cryptocurrencies. And I finally started to gravitate towards Bitcoin because um, I was interested in the Lightning Network. I had seen um, some videos of people using the Lightning Network, and I just thought it was amazing. Um, and I started to question, you know, what is this Bitcoin that I'm so interested in investing in and what is its actual value proposition? I started to learn about how Bitcoin works and why it's better than fiat currency, how it's different and what the Lightning Network was and what um, limitations Layer 1 had that the Lightning Network was possibly able to solve. And I just started reading and reading more about it. And I eventually somehow came across um, Bitcoin Twitter and got involved in the Raspberry Blitz project. I started um, building that as I had just started to get into programming, but I needed some help along the way. And I think that's where you and I originally met in the Raspberry Blitz uh, Telegram group. I think I was... Um, I think I was asking for help about, I don't even know what at this point, I think the install went pretty smooth, but I remember um, I came to you a couple times in the early days of the Raspy Blitz about I had power failures. Oh, and, yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah, that happened a couple times. And I had, I think I've done the initial uh, block download like six or seven times now with that. And I finally learned my lesson and have it backed up on a uh, external hard drive. But I was definitely out there on uh, in the Telegram groups and in uh, Bitcoin Twitter, just kind of meeting people, learning things about Bitcoin. And I just fell down the rabbit hole. I started listening to a lot of podcasts, um, started with yours, a couple other ones, Tales from the Crypt. I used to listen to what Bitcoin did, but I've kind of fallen out of touch with that. And I've picked up a bunch of other great ones on the way, the Stefan Levera podcast. And I'm starting to finally, um, it wasn't until my late 20s, uh, starting to understand exactly what money is and how that works and just how badly I'm being screwed. Um, and I want to opt out of that. And Bitcoin allows me to do that. Very cool. So, nice, yeah. nice. All right. So um, 
Okay, so you you mentioned that uh, that that you manage um, you manage restaurants, and now uh, you're doing something a little more technical, right? You said. Yeah. So I um, actually I haven't even started the other job yet, but I was working in restaurants. I'm almost. I went back to school at um, 27 or 28, and I'm almost done with my program now. So I'm starting to get out into. I've been studying computer science, networking, and security. And I'm uh, starting to get out into the IT role. And I just had the third or fourth interview last night with a company that is drafting an offer for me. Um, and that's actually with a pretty well-known POS uh, company within the restaurant industry. So I'm definitely going to try and orange pill them and turn them on to lightning because we began talking about that a little bit with one of the technical leads in um, the interview. Nice. So I, should be starting that soon within the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, that'll be something new for me, but it's exciting. Cool. Man, that is fantastic. And you know what? That is a perfect entry um, you know, for, for Lightning because that is the type of payment that it's meant for. You've got the invoice terminals, you know, as you know, with the Raspy Blitz. So that is the, that, that is the perfect marrying, right? Yeah. And I'm going to technology uh, and use case. Well, for be that getting to case. play with a lot of these uh, machines as well. They have a lot of... Um, guest-facing terminals as well um, for that they've specifically designed for COVID as well or for to help with social distancing. Oh, yeah. That's right, of course. Can't, we can't forget that's going on all the time still. You know. So. Yeah, I don't even... It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Um, so you also, I mean, uh, besides, you know, besides moving into, uh, in, into more tech... Um, you're also working on a website uh, that I uh, that I saw that uh, you've mentioned to us is uh, getcoined.io, and that um, we're going to put that link in the show notes. But man, it looks like it, it looks like a really great website full of resources for newbie Bitcoiners, right? And mm-hmm. and maybe even advanced users. And I noticed that you got some cool little tools on it as well, like uh, an ROI calculator. So maybe if uh, if you can for the listeners, just talk about uh, like you know why. Um, what was it that, that made you decide to, to create content in Bitcoin, right? Um, I wanted to be a part of Bitcoin somehow, and I wasn't sure exactly how to do that, especially where I wasn't from a financial background or technical background. I'm not a C programmer. I can't just jump in and start um, working on that. But I wanted to be a part of it somehow. I really liked what was going on in Bitcoin, Twitter, and um the telegram groups um originally when we first met i had a website before that was kind of devoted to educating people about just cryptocurrency in general but as i kind of i I was don't think i was holding any shitcoin bags at the time but i wanted to make the distinction that um you know there are other cryptocurrencies out there but since i've completely rebranded and um, decided to focus on just bitcoin and they can figure out about shit coins on their own um or maybe just or not include why not to buy them exactly <laughs> um so i i refocused and um wanted to bring people together to learn about bitcoin and i think you were saying it the other night maybe on bitcoin magazine or btc kindergarten how hard it was back in 2017 to learn about Bitcoin and how all these great resources didn't quite exist. I mean, some did, but not all of them. 
Um, so I wanted to make a website that was not very intimidating for people that had absolutely no idea what Bitcoin was to be able to come and get an elementary understanding of what Bitcoin is, um, its capabilities, and how to start investing and using it, um, particularly through the dollar cost averaging um, method of investing and teach people about Lightning Network as well. Um, so I wanted to create a website in kind of layman's terms where you just combined all three things or one person can learn about that in one place. And from there, there's also, like you said, the resources section where they can uh, further their research and learn more about um, the specifics in both the tech and finance, people that are more qualified to explain that than myself. Um, I'm just trying to help onboard the next wave of new users. Um, that are you know seeing these ads on Snapchat saying what's a Bitcoin what's this Coinbase stuff um, people coming out of the woodwork asking all sorts of stuff and the ROI calculator um, is kind of a tool to help people realize the potential of an investment in Bitcoin um, I had started learning Python um, in school and I had started doing some programming projects for that. So I eventually for a project um, built an ROI calculator with Python. And there's the command line version of that on the website as well. If you see, it's a little confusing on the ROI calculator tab. There's a link to a separate website, which uh, me and you remember my friend Miles that I brought on BTC Kindergarten, he helped me out with um, the web application, um, graphical user interface version of the ROI calculator. And he did a great job on that with all the, that's all from scratch, uh, actually hosted on a separate server on a LAMP stack. Um, so that was a fun little project that we had been working on, but it was originally born out of the command line interface version. Actually, I had a, I'm sorry, I had a GUI for it as well, but I didn't make it to the website. Um, and it just scraped Bitcoin price from uh, coin market cap and performed some operations in the background. And it was really basic, but it was just a tool to show people, you know, if you invested a hundred dollars in 2015, this is what it would be worth now. Mm -hmm. And it was cool playing around with that and just plugging in random dates and kind of the remorse I had for knowing about uh, Bitcoin and not buying it back then. Um, but I guess I didn't really know how to. I never, I don't know if I would have bound off, bought off Mt. Cox. That sounded pretty sketchy back <laughs> in the day. And knowing me, I probably would have held it on there. But yep. glad I didn't fall victim to that. So it's all just been a project to kind of um, expose pre-corners to Bitcoin and hopefully get them interested in investing it and curious about the Lightning Network and the possibilities that it provides. I like it. I, I like it a lot. I, I find the uh, the format that you chose. Uh, it's like a, it's a nice, simple format. When you go onto the website, it's uh, you know it's not confusing or anything like that. It's like easy to navigate. So I think it's uh, I think it's really cool. I think you guys That's uh, you, exactly you did a great job. That's exactly what I wanted. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. I really like it. I wanted to go back, though, to a couple of things that you were talking about, uh, like when we uh, – that's right. I don't know if people caught it, but uh, this is the – I think this is the, the one uh, one of the very few Bitcoiners I've met in, in real life, right? Um, yep. Is uh, Nabismo Prime. We've actually met. And um, so 
I went down a very similar road as as you, right? Like in my original mm-hmm. podcast, the same way that your original website was like, you know, kind of, you know, still talking about shit coins because you were still going through that journey. Um, mm-hmm. So like you see, the getcoin.io is that natural progression into, you know, into be being a full Bitcoiner, right? Like in terms of your uh, the material representation of what you're you're showing the world. You know, absolutely. And I find that uh, I went through a similar path. If you listen to some of my first first podcasts, I'm like I'm, I'm like a shitcoin apologist. You know, I'm like <laughs> I'm like you know, Bitcoin's number one and it's the best, but there's these other projects and you want to make sure you know about them. You know, it's like exactly don't exactly. buy don't buy them, but you still want to be aware. And it's like no. You yeah. know, like after like after more progression, it's like, no, who gives a shit? You, you, you can go and lose your money all on your own. You know, you can go and learn that crap. I'm not going to teach it to you. So, yeah, very and, similar know, I paths. I no longer want to give them a platform. And I remember uh, <laughs> thinking like when we met, um, you, you were pretty toxic. I mean, not like you didn't say anything rude, but like you were like Bitcoin is it. And uh, I've learned my lesson from shit coins. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I should, you know, learn more about these shit coins. Because I was still learning about that as well. To be honest, I mean, I, I think Ethereum is just way too complicated. I don't think it's money at all. I remember we talked about that. Um, and I just wanted to learn more about why Bitcoin was so much better than these and why I shouldn't give them a stage at all. Or even, I mean, I do mention shit coins in there because people naturally have the question, well, um, you know, I've opened up Coinbase and I have all these choices, which one's the right one to buy. Um, and it just, I guess it opens up the discussion. Why are you buying it in the first place? That's right. Right. It's a, and like, that's something I, uh, I always mention is, you know, um, people that that's one of the symptoms of, or like one of the reasons why people fall down the shitcoin, you know, the shitcoin rabbit hole is because they forget why they came here in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you, you come for the, you know, you come for the money and then all of a sudden you, you get lost in the shit coins and then you have to remind yourself that you, you came for the money, you know? Exactly. So it's, now I have sound money and I had no idea right. what that was before getting into Bitcoin. And it took me a while to kind of start to wrap my head around the financial side of Bitcoin. I mean, I, I understood the censorship resistance and stuff, but I just didn't understand how important that scarcity was and the fact that I actually own that. I mean, I unfortunately had my bank account frozen um, some months ago, and that was a ridiculous experience that I had to go through. It was frozen for a while uh, because of Bitcoin. Well, somebody did a Zelle chargeback on me, and I basically had to defend myself in a fraud um, investigation from the bank and prove my innocence. And I printed off like 25 pages of evidence and I ended up winning, but my bank account was frozen for two and a half months while I, luckily I had other ones uh, to live off of, but it was completely frozen, no money out um, for like two and a half months. And it really further helped me understand the importance of Bitcoin and that censorship and um, that it's not easily seized. So I think people really, um, you, you make a very good point, and I think people really need to, to internalize that, that point. Um, 
you, you know, you had other accounts, so you were able to, you know, continue to survive. But if, you know, if you're a, a parent or something like that and, you know, you're feeding a family and you only have one account and it gets frozen for two and a half months and you've got bills to pay. And it's like, why? It's like, why the fuck? Would we allow a third-party institution to stop us from being able to feed ourselves and to survive? Like, it's like, how, how does, you know what I mean? Like, how, how does anybody consent to that? And yet we've all done it en masse. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, we've all consented to this bullshit. And, and, and you know, people sit there and they say, oh, well, you know, I don't want the personal responsibility, you know? Like, that, that's one thing I find about Bitcoin is that people, um, the the... The, I call them pre-coiners because they they don't have any you know they don't have any Bitcoin yet and they're no coiners right but these people always mm. always come up with this this bullshit you know this bullshit narrative about oh well you know the FDIC insures my funds and and if I if I want to get money back the bank can help me do that like you realize that you, you know it's like we are offsetting the responsibility to these institutions and then we allow these institutions to control our ability to spend. That is a horrible fucking trade-off. Yeah, asking for permission to spend your own money, right? or supposedly your own money, and it's not. And, and, and like, think about it, right? You you spent your time earning that money, mm -hmm. right? Can you can you yes, can you withhold your time back from the bank? Not a fucking yeah. chance. Like it's no. it's it's just such mental bullshit, you know? And like and then we just sit there and we're like, okay, that's how it works. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Yep, taking off out. Um, okay, so so let me ask you this because I, I know we've seen some tweets uh, recently, uh, right? Um, th there was the uh, the Peter uh, there was the uh, the Peter McCormack and uh, the Stefan Levera podcast. You know, as we discussed before this podcast, right? They uh, they talked mm -hmm. about the, the the funnel with Dan Held, right? And uh, Dan, yep. you know, like Dan came up with this idea, you know, about how you know Bitcoin needs marketing and. You know, he uh, he put forth a, a bunch of stuff, which, you know, some hardcore Bitcoiners disagree with. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I personally um, I I personally think that there is no funnel because I, you know, even though I talk about getting shitcoined, it's, you know, I got shitcoined because of the lack of high quality Bitcoin material that that was mm -hmm. um, that wasn't available, which is now available. So I truly believe that people get shitcoined at this point because they make that decision you know like they 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 just they go for their greed and they give into their unit bias and they give into their their false ideas and they're like all right fuck it i'm gonna go for the easy money you know yeah so what are your what are your thoughts on the you know the funnel and getting pre-coiners in um do you think that they necessarily have to be sold these services that are you know possibly not bitcoin friendly you know just because they're available to a wider audience no not necessarily i think everyone kind of needs to find bitcoin for their own reason maybe um and not just because of a product or something that's offering bitcoin um or some other shitcoin um i don't really know where i stand on that um to be honest i think that I like seeing Bitcoin get exposure and people kind of, you know, seeing it in more mainstream sources and starting to question it. But I would caution people to um, do their own research, as we say, and find these, seek out these quality, um, 
resources where they can learn more about Bitcoin, why it's important, and uh, how to responsibly own it. Yeah, I um, I definitely agree. It is it is a bit of a slippery slope, right? Because mm-hmm. because like you said, it's like you want adoption. Okay, and we all understand that people, you know, the average person wants to have a seamless UX, right? And yep. it, it just it it seems that not just in Bitcoin, but in every day, right? The scammers have the marketing dollars. Right? It, it's absolutely it, it just seems like it, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. something, you know, it, that that's something that I ended up learning is that, you know, for some reason the scammers end up having the, the dollars to spend on the marketing, whereas the honest you know, the, we'll say like the honest truth type of material is a little bit more, you know, below the surface. So I, you know, I, I'm not, I, it's a good discussion. It definitely is. I I know we haven't heard the the last of it. Uh, It's definitely, it's definitely going to come back. Um, And in, in talking about, I guess that funnel adjacent to that, there's a new product that Jack Mahler's has been, you know, uh, pitching for a little uh, little while, getting us all excited, and it finally came out, and uh, you and I were talking about this before. I think this kind of has to do with the funnel, and this is kind of some top funnel stuff, because you've got a nice, easy app you can install, and you can get going on Lightning right away. And I'm talking about uh, LN Strike. Did, uh, did you get a chance to try it out, and what do you think? Game-changing stuff, yes. I downloaded it um, yesterday, and I think, like you had said, within less than five minutes, I had paid an invoice right out of my bank account. And uh, I can't wait to dazzle some normie people with this, and hopefully it inspires more conversations around Bitcoin and Lightning and kind of piques their curiosity. Um, I I think it's really fascinating, and I know that Jack is trying to... um, use it for dispensaries as well. And I think that'll be a huge um, improvement for the dispensary experience. Cause I know that right now out here, it's either cash or if you use a debit card or so you can only use a debit card, you can't use a credit card. It's like a 4% extra fee and it's already pretty expensive as it is. So I would love to see them keeping more of that money too. Cause it's not even going towards the business or most of it. Um, we have uh, can pay as well. I personally haven't used that um, myself. Uh, I've only used you know cash or debit. Um, yeah. I do you do you know anybody that's used can pay or anybody that's had experience with that? Um, um, no, I think I do remember you telling me about it though, but I don't really know much about it. Yeah, I I, I don't either. Um, I don't actually know anyone that uses it, um, so most people just use cash or debit, and I, I think you're right. I, I think that LN, if they can get LN Strike um, into more of these dispensaries, I, I think that that would be really cool. Uh, because yeah. because they, they do have a challenge, right? Because the state government, it's legal by the state, but the federal mm-hmm. government doesn't agree with it, and the, you know obviously the federal government doesn't accept it. And so we have this legal battle from the banks, right? Because the banks can't actually process your transactions the I guess we'll say the the simplest way, right? You have to yeah. go you have to go through this sketchy roundabout method. Yep. So it's it's kind of weird. It is definitely. Yeah, I used it also uh, yesterday, the uh, Ellen Strike, like just to, you know, I set it up, connected my bank account to it and everything like that. Um, I found it really easy and it was, you know, I love Cash App. 
I know that this is, you know, different, but I, I mm -hmm. think that this is an even, I, I think this is actually even a step up on the Cash App user experience. Yeah, no, I, one thing I love about uh, Jack's work, and I know it's a team behind this as well, because I've been in the Zap um, Slack channel as well for a little while. I'm not very active in it, but I love um, Jack's approach to UX and UI. They're very sleek products. I love my Zap wallet. Um, as well, that's probably the one I have that connected to my node and I use that most often. Um, I just love how simple everything is and how kind of intuitive it is to go through the program. I love how, I, I think a lot of normies in my life, I'm reluctant to show some of the more um, complicated wallets and ways of buying Bitcoin, but I could see pretty much just about anybody in my life um, using LN Strike. I, I mean, it's effortless to explain. It's a few, you don't even have to take a picture of ID or anything like that. I loved it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's uh, it's really cool stuff and I'm, I'm super excited for the future. Is it, do you know, is it only available in the US right now? And I it, think that might be the case because I know he's been, he had to do a great deal of meetings with legislators, uh, legislators around in the U.S. Um, so I think he was only tackling the U.S. market at first. I don't know if he plans to go global, but I did see a bunch of people on Twitter um, kind of, uh, I guess, complaining is not the right word, uh, venting <laughs> about the fact that they weren't able to yes. use LN Strike because it wasn't available in their area. That's That's right. I think New York yeah. is one of those states that can't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, makes sense. We're going to switch gears a bit. And um, I just wanted to ask you, um, what was your, what would you say was your biggest challenge with, with Bitcoin and or lightning? Biggest challenge in Bitcoin and For you. or lightning. Um, I would say probably making the change to securing my own Bitcoin with my own node and my own keys. And I started to um, play with some command line stuff and I messed some things up and did lose a, a little bit here and there. Uh, my original wallet, it was the blockchain was corrupted and I was not able to get the funds back that were in those channels. Um, and I've run into a few small problems here and there. And that's probably... Um, the most difficult step because like I said, when you're buying on Coinbase and stuff like that, a lot of people don't really realize what they're buying and how this Bitcoin is secured with the private keys and all of that. And um, I guess once you're responsible for that and you can actually lose it, it's a different story. I haven't lost much, but uh, I did lose some in a join market mishap as well. Um, I have no idea where that coin went. I, I restored the wallet in Electrum as well with a uh, bigger derivation gap. And I just cannot for the life of me find out where the, they just disappeared. So, so I don't know. I've. It's difficult when you start to get into some of the command line stuff, especially if you don't really realize what you're doing sometimes. And I'm kind of learning as I go along. Um, but I don't think I've lost, I obviously haven't, other than the Raspberry Blitz mishap, um, I haven't really lost much funds. Cool. 
Yeah, yeah. very cool. And I, I just wanted to add, yeah, those those are all sacrifices to the Bitcoin gods. I uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I know exactly. You know what? It, we we do it for the people, right? Yes. You know, we I, I I'm right there with you. I've lost. Uh, I think at this point. Um, Thanks to a Bitcoiner that that request to remain nameless, he was able to help me get a lot of funds back from one of my nodes. So I'm pretty much only down maybe one percent of a of a BTC in total. Um, oh, okay, that's a lot better than last time because I remember yep. when we did meet up, you were telling me about that mishap, and I was just like cringing for the next week. Yep. So yeah, I I, I was able to uh, I was able to enlist somebody's help for for a fee. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. I'm There's totally grateful. Are willing to help as well. I mean, you've helped me a lot, especially in the early days of uh, the raspy blitz. But I, every time I ask a question, I get people just lined up to help me out. Um, and that's been great. And I've actually had a lot of people help me with the website as well. Um, a lot of Bitcoiners off Bitcoin Twitter kind of helped collaborate in a Word document um, for some of the content. I love that about the Bitcoin Twitter, at least. Yeah, contrary contrary to um, you know a lot of uh, shitcoiner narratives that uh, you know we're all incredibly toxic and uh, you know just terrible fucking human beings, um, we actually like to help people. So yeah. you know, and it's like it's yeah, you know what? When to me, like the way I see it, I because of my job, I've I know what it's like to be stuck. I know what it's like to be sitting in front of something in the middle of the night with no help, and the whole system is down. And there's no one you can call. And once you've, to me anyways, once you've gone through that feeling, um, it it feels good to be able to help somebody else, even if that's not their situation, just because you understand what it's like to be stuck. You know, and it's, yeah. it's, just, it's just a horrible feeling. You know, it's it's like you, you know, you'd be willing to, you'd be willing to do something if you knew what to do, you know, yeah. kind of thing. It's like, so I, I, I just... I, I think it's important, you know, that that people help each other, and I think that um, I think that in the long run, it, it benefits us all, right? Absolutely, because somebody get to that adoption somehow, right? You know, somebody helped me at some point, so yep. you know, it's just it's all reciprocal. It's definitely yes. it's definitely all reciprocal, you know. Yeah, gotta pay it forward. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what the. Do you have any other plans for the uh, for the website or anything like that? Um, just working on more content. I've kind of had to put it on the back burner while I got some stuff done in real life. Um, but I don't. Yeah, just kind of refine the content and add more content as I go along. Um, and like I said, I've been having people from Bitcoin Twitter kind of conferencing with them and seeing what makes sense to keep and uh, just getting a bunch of different feedback on what what's important for pre-coiners to understand when first getting into Bitcoin, because sometimes I tend to leap into overly technical discussions and that's exactly what I'm trying not to do. I don't want people to be scared away um, from the website. So I just want to keep it simple. I want to, um, you know, have worthwhile content on there and I want people to walk away with a elementary understanding of Bitcoin and how to start, get started investing in it. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, you know about the, uh, the Bitcoin magazine from, uh, Katia and Hoddle and not right. Citadel 21. Love it. Are you going to, uh, are, are you planning on contributing an article? 
Um, no, no, maybe no at pressure. Some point someday. <laughs> no pressure, <laughs> no, but like you know, I I feel like uh, I feel like you could put something really good together. Possibly. I mean, you set the bar pretty high with that other one last oh. issue. That was a great article. Oh, thanks, um, man. Yeah, you know, if, if I did, it would take me a little while to put something together because I just really have like verbal diarrhea when I'm writing something and it takes me like many revisions to kind of, um, you know, pull my back, pull myself back from like a ranting lunatic to, you know, having a coherent thought. Um, but I don't know, maybe someday that would, that would definitely be a nice accomplishment. I'd love to be featured in that. That would be an honor. I really like what they're doing there and all the, um, cool projects like that spinning up in Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, right now, how many nodes? How many nodes do you run? Uh, just that one. Cool. Um, just the Raspberry, Raspberry Blitz. Um, I'd like to set up a my node as well, just because I've heard so many great things about it, and the UX UI looks really cool. Um, and I really have heard nothing but great things about it. But I just kind of want to see what else is out there. Um, I would love to set up, I know you can run Dojo on a MyNode, correct? Uh, yes, you can. Okay, you can run that because I was looking at um, the Noddle Dojo as well. Um, I think that just looks cool as well. But I'd really like to, um, where I'm pretty familiar with L&D implementations, I'd like to try something C-Lightning at some point. I know, right? I, yeah, uh... I know you were talking about that like a couple of months ago. I forget who the guest was. Um, um it could have been, uh, what was her? Um, I think was it Doctor Orlova or something like that. I feel bad. Uh, I'm not. I'm not getting the name right now. But yes, um, she was talking about uh, they're working on a, a Rust implementation of C Lightning or something. And mm. I, I just, I, I would like to. I would also like to run a C Lightning node. You know, like yeah. what, like that, that you know where. I just want to see if there's a difference. I want to, you know, it's just like, I just want to see. Yeah, I want to see like, what's what different about it. Yeah. I think we're both tinkerers and we just want to, <laughs> I mean, I know you've got a couple nodes going. I've seen you got some pretty cool looking nodes and uh, I really got to spruce up the visual appeal on mine because um, the LCD screen is cool and all, but I got to get myself like a crypto cloak or something because it's a little there. Shout out to crypto cloaks. Yes. Hey. Definitely shout out to CryptoCloaks. Me too. I'm a huge fan. I actually just uh, I just recently placed an order with him uh, to get that. Uh, what is it? Uh, the Honey Badger and the um, uh, the Cold Card. Um, holy crap! What's it called? The Cold Power Cold Card, where you put your own little D battery. Yeah, and, and it powers that. That was it. Pretty cool. Looking. Yeah, I, I just I I'm I'm a sucker for 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 stuff like that. I can't help it. You know? No, I think it's great as well. I love the Honey Badger thing. Um, I was joking when they originally came out with it that they should, for some reason, I looked at it and it reminded me of like a kid's, like, you know, like the race car beds they have. I'd be like, that'd make a cool kid's bed. Kids one day would have that. But yeah, no, I like the stuff they're putting out, the big grenades. I want to start playing with open dimes and uh, cold cards because I am using hardware at the moment, but not that. Um, and like you said, I'd like to have a bunch of different wallets around. I'm just testing out a little bit of everything um, and keeping everything kind of spread out as well. Um, I'd like to start playing with Cold Card because, again, I've also heard nothing but great things about it. And I like these little projects they have. And you know what? To uh, to make a suggestion uh, for, for Cold Card, if um, 
one of the videos that I used uh, that I really liked was Matt O'Dell's um, cold card video from uh, Tales from the Crypt. It was really good. I did. I skimmed through that, and I will definitely be going to check that out when I actually buy one. You'll see. It's uh, it's it's very easy. I um, I, I was very intimidated by cold card, and it has when I first got it. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting that such a simple little device can can you know be so intimidating. Um, but yeah. but for me, I, I found it intimidating because it, it just. Um, I didn't take the time to understand it. And as soon as I sat down, took the time to understand it, which took less than a half an hour, okay? So to all those, you know, those people that think they're going to sit there and spend days and days, it's like less than a half an hour, okay? Mm -hmm. And you get a transaction going and you're like, holy crap, this is a great little device and it's really freaking cool. I use it with Wasabi and I really like it. And it is, um, I have, so... As you know, I have the lightning nodes, um, and mm-hmm. I also I've I use I, I use a Trezor and I use a cold card. So, and I also have a Cobalt, uh, which I don't uh, I just tested for um, uh, what's it called for Li Shin from from Cobalt, um, mm-hmm. but I don't actually store any funds on it. Um, I, I just you know used it for testing it to see how it goes, and that UI is really cool. That, the, Check that out. Yeah, the UI for for Cobalt uh, is, is is pretty cool, and um, you you have a a phone app with it, and you essentially all you're doing is scanning QR codes, right? So you have the hardware mm-hmm. wallet QR code, you have the QR code on your phone, and that's how you do your transactions. It's um, oh, that's neat. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it it's air gapped. It's oh, I like that. Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, like they are definitely stepping up. You know, like. I'm excited to see what comes out of these guys, but I, I yeah. still I still recommend Cold Card though. Yeah, I'll definitely be picking one up in the near future. Cool. So, um, yeah, do you have any uh, any final thoughts for the uh, for the listeners of the cast? No, just thank you for having me on. This was my first podcast, obviously, but uh, cool. I appreciate coming on and uh, listening to myself as well. That'll be kind of surreal, but. <laughs> Keep it up with the show and uh, yeah, love Bitcoin. All right, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I uh, I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's long overdue, and uh, man, I I wish you a lot of success with uh, Getcoin.io. I, I think it's going to help a lot of precoiners, dude. Thank you. Much appreciated. Very cool. Take it easy. All right, you too, man. Bye. So I hope you guys enjoyed my discussion with Nabismo Prime. You'll find his contact details in the show notes as long as well as the uh, the link to his website getcoined.io i definitely suggest that people check it out and take a look at the resources that he's putting together over there thank you all for listening and i'll catch you all next week